This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief of NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today with Carrie Owen Pleats. She's the president for the Northern California region of Kaiser Foundation Health Plan and Hospitals. Kaiser Permanente is well known, of course, for its leadership in showing the country what high value of healthcare can mean. But we're talking to Carrie today about its leadership in another type of performance, mitigating climate change. We don't need to waste time making the case that climate change is important. Instead, we want to focus on how KP has achieved its goal of becoming carbon neutral and where it hopes to go from here. Carrie, before we plunge into climate change and carbon neutrality, can you tell our listeners a bit more about the part of KP that you help lead? Sure, Tom, and thank you so much for having me on. It's it's great to be with you. So, uh, Tom, I'm the president for Kaiser Permanente in Northern California. If you know Kaiser Permanente from an enterprise standpoint, KP overall has 12.6 million members, about 39 hospitals, almost uh, 750 medical offices in seven different states. Uh, we've got around 2,400 physicians and we have about 230,000 employees. So for Northern California, we represent about 4.7 million members, 21 hospitals, about 260 medical offices, 10,000 phenomenal physicians, and we've got about 81,000 employees that are part of the team. So it just gives you a little bit of a sense of uh, Kaiser Permanente in Northern California. Oh, and I should say that Kaiser Permanente started in Northern California and um, has been in existence since 1945. So KP is big, and the region that you're leading uh, is big by any standards. Uh, now, I understand that KP achieved carbon neutrality in 2020. Can you tell us what that actually means? Sure, absolutely. And I am so proud of this achievement uh, for carbon neutrality. And I'll have to do a, uh, a little bit of a mea culpa. I am not an environmental expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do recycle. <laughs> so, mm. and I understand the importance of taking care of our community. But for a healthcare organization to be carbon neutral, it must, that what it means, it must remove as much carbon from the atmosphere as it adds to it through on-site fuel combustion and grid electricity purchases. So Kaiser Permanente achieved carbon neutrality across its operations in accordance with what's called the carbon neutral protocol. So by addressing that, there's three different scopes of it. So scope one emissions include fleet vehicles and refrigerants, scope, and it might get complicated here, but scope two emissions include purchasing electricity and steam. And nationally, Kaiser Permanente achieved uh, achievement in being carbon neutral across direct and indirect energy emissions make us the first health system in the U.S. to achieve the milestone, which I am incredibly proud of. As the nation's largest nonprofit integrated health system, we just fundamentally believe that where we live, the places we work, and the air we breathe profoundly impact our health. And, and we know that. So we know one way to improve the health of our 12.6 million members and the more than 68 million people who live in the communities we serve is by improving the environmental conditions. So it wasn't easy, but when you put your mind to it, you really truly can achieve anything. 
Well, this is why I was so happy to book this time for you and I to talk because virtually everyone in healthcare is idealistic and we all talk about our values, but to actually live up to them and, and set real goals and hold yourself accountable, that is going further and it's, uh, it's impressive. But now, can you describe how you got there? What kind of measures did it take? Yeah, Tom, and I'm so I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think sometimes people in healthcare systems just think it's just impossible to get there. And I'm I'm here to tell you for the health systems in this country, it's not. In 2016, we made a pledge to become a carbon neutral system, and in 2020, so four years, we did it. And we achieved our carbon neutral status by first purchasing utility scale electricity from new renewable sources, including more than, I think, 360 megawatts of wind and solar generation. So, and wind and solar generation also created new jobs in our communities, which was great. We installed 50 megawatts of on-site solar arrays, enough, and that's enough to power about 10,000 homes for a year. And here's the great part. It also improved the energy efficiency of our buildings. Uh, we also purchased carefully selected carbon offsets to mitigate currently unavoidable greenhouse gas emissions, such as on-site boilers. We just, we couldn't figure out a great way to do that. So we bought carbon offsets. So, which is, here's the crazy thing, which I did not know is we, KP is, currently the eighth largest user of solar energy in the country, which is just phenomenal. And I'm hope somebody comes across and beats that record. <laughs> it bumps us down to ninth or 10th. Um, but by financing the emission reduction projects that we have, we were supporting the transition from, from a, to a low carbon global economy, paving the way for just a healthier planet and a healthier life. From a big picture perspective, I feel like this as an example of setting an audacious goal yes. and then pursuing it over a period of years, even though it takes years, uh, this is a very nice success story. And obviously it wasn't one single thing, but it was many it things. Was many things. Absolutely. No. And it was the, it's just take the first step. That's, that's, that's all it takes is taking that bold first move and you can do it. Well, now, as the president of your region, you know, you do have to make the budget work. Yes. And so you've got to occasionally feel conflicts between what you'd like to do environmentally and the need to control costs. When you talked about creating jobs in your community, you were talking about spending money that uh, I'm sure KP, uh, you know, had plenty of other ways in which they could have spent those dollars. Can you? Tell us, how do you manage those tensions? Yeah, Tom, and that's a great point. So we all know the day-to-day -day work in a hospital, caring for patients, treating disease, saving lives, is challenging work by itself. And on top of that, health systems have been dealing with the challenges brought, off, brought on by the pandemic, such as decreasing workforce, the, the mental health challenges and burnout, and just overall financial straits. So when you when you're looking at how is it even fundamentally possible with all of these other challenges to also work on impacting uh, climate change and to and to make the commitment, 
you can actually save money by doing it. So by eliminating our carbon footprint, we took measurable action to improve the conditions that led to poor health, deepening our commitment to create more healthy years for all and supporting the medical community's pledge to do no harm. You know, we all say no harm in healthcare, but environmental health is also, um, making that commitment is also committing to do no harm. Uh, climate change is also a health equity priority. Environmental health is, is as much a driver of health outcomes as economic opportunity, housing security, safety, and other key upstream factors. People are also at greater risk of mental and physical illness when they're increasingly exposed to floods, to droughts, to, we know a little bit about that in California, uh, heat waves, wildfires, and poor air quality that all occur as a result of increased temperatures and rising sea levels. Also, I have to say the World Health Organization has declared climate change to be the single most significant threat to human health on the planet. But can you do all of that and make that commitment by saving money at the same time? You can, you can do it. It just takes creativity and the right people focus in on it. You can save expenses such as energy expenses. Um, uh, you know, gas and oil are not, <laughs> are not going down, at least in my part of the country. <laughs> you listed a lot of imperatives that are, are long-term uh, imperatives and and I think they're all real, uh, but most of healthcare functions with uh, a shorter term perspective and you have to deal with those short term uh, challenges as well. So how do you think about this work in terms of uh, those short term perspectives? Because you are competing with other organizations using short term perspectives. Like, is it helpful for recruiting employees? Is it helpful for attracting patients? Or have, or are those issues simply not big factors for you? You're, you're doing it because of the long-term implications. Well, yeah, both. That's a it's a really great question. Um, our commitment to environmental sustainability is driven by our Kaiser Permanente mission to provide high-quality, affordable healthcare services and to improve the health of our members and the communities we serve. And if we were not doing this, we would not be as committed to the mission that we live and breathe every day. And when we survey our own employees and our and our community and our members as well, is is this imperative that our mission calls us to, um, and they feel connected with it as well. So if we were not doing what we needed to within the community, we would seem to be in disalignment with what that mission is. We understand that the health of our planet is inextricably linked to the health of the families and the communities that we serve, and that includes our team members. Uh, families and communities that they live in every single day. So absolutely, um, our, our, we do believe and we hear from new uh, people who join the KP team that one of the key reasons they join is, is, is the mission. And you're seeing, especially with the younger generation, which is amazing that we now have, what, Generation Z in the workforce now or is there one that's even ahead of Z? I don't even know, but uh, we've got Z in the workforce and wanting to make a difference in their lives with their career. It's 
is on the top three list for them. So we've got to stand out if we're going to recruit the next generation of phenomenal clinicians to KP. Well, it's clear that no one can be declaring victory on climate change right uh, now. No, no uh, you're right. <laughs> so what what's next? Like, what are the next goals for KP in this area? Yeah, so we're not done yet. So I mentioned earlier, scope one and scope two, but we have bold environmental commitments to continuing to reduce our climate impacts, aiming to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by 2030 and achieve net zero emissions by 2050. So we're not stopping with that success that we achieved in 2020. We're going even further. But to meet those commitments, we're focusing on what we call the scope three, as I mentioned. Those that they're areas where we don't directly control, but we have an influence over. So specifically, uh, that includes our supply chain partners. So safer products. That means integrating a robust set of purchasing standards into a product sourcing process that include criteria like safe chemicals and sustainable waste disposable. We also have sustainable food. We have a lot of food that goes through our organization. So partnering with local growers and institutional food purchasers in the community and aligning with something called the Healthcare Without Harm Sustainable Food Criteria. Look it up. It, to support the local development of sustainable food systems. All right, and two more, waste reduction, favoring the procurement of recyclable products and encouraging the market to create new recycling opportunities. And last, but certainly not least, even though we got a lot of rain in California, it's about water conservation. So make sure we keep up our water systems that are safe by effectively managing pharmaceutical and hazardous waste so that we make sure that our water system going forward is healthy, drinkable water for our communities and for our team. I want to thank you for going through this with us. I mean, what I've taken away from your comments is that it's not that you and your colleagues at KP are you know, better people or more idealistic. It's just that you're actually applying your management skills to, to your values and you're, you're setting goals based upon your values and then you're managing, managing really, really well. And uh, that to me is admirable. Uh, and I'm hoping that our discussion and the transcript of it will uh, make others out there feel pressured to do the same and inspired that is possible. And it doesn't take 30 years. Uh, it, it doesn't take a few months, but in, in just a few years, real progress can be made. And I know that uh, if KP keeps leading the way in this area, I think that it'll be great for healthcare in the country. And my guess is it will go along with leading the ways in other areas as well. So thanks for all your work in all these dimensions. And I know we'll be hearing more from you down the road. Great, Tom. I'm super excited. And I'll also say that we are happy to share with any and, and help partner with other organizations that want to start the journey, who are on the journey. We'll learn from them just as much as they could potentially learn from us. This is not something we are going to keep as a best kept secret. So if we can help others that are on the journey or to get on the journey, we are more than happy to do so. So Tom, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to the team.